0: See, look at the shepherds, shepherds, you know, I think, I don't know, I suppose most of us would relate to shepherds quicker than we relate to three kings, um, I don't know, they they seem neater than the three kings, I don't know why, maybe because of my agricultural background, but not that I have anything against kings, but um, you know, shepherds are just kind of neat people, except I think the reality is back then they weren't as neat as what we make them. You know, we kind of make them out neat. You know, I was watching the kids' program, you know, and the the little boys all dress up like shepherds, and, you know, they're just all neat and clean. And, you know, the reality is those shepherds were kind of nomadic people, and they lived out in the fields most of the time with their sheep. And I don't know if you ever thought about it, and I'm not trying to paint a different picture, but, you know, most of the time our manger scenes look pretty clean. And, you know, they look pretty sterile as far as i'm concerned but you know the reality was those shepherds probably didn't smell very good you know i just know i mean i don't think their shower facilities were that great out there and hanging around sheep all the time you got to believe when they showed up when they showed up the manger they didn't smell that great you know and so you know it's kind of a kind of a unique bunch of guys that the angel first appeared to and we're going to look at that story today in luke the second chapter the eighth verse And it starts out, as now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields. See, they're living out in the fields. That's where they lived. And they kept watch over their flocks by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, don't be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all the people. There is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. So it was when the angels had gone away from them into heaven, that the shepherds said to one another, Let us go now to Bethlehem, and let us see this thing which has come to pass which the Lord has made known to us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. Now when they had seen him, they made, known, they made widely known the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all those who heard it marveled at those things which were told them by the shepherds. So we see that, you know, the Savior is born in a manger in Bethlehem, and God sends a communication to the shepherds, he the first people that he tells is shepherds because he had to send angels to do it. I don't know what it would have been like, you know. I'm I'm sure it was quite quite an impact on their life, you know, sitting out there watching your sheep and, you know, nothing's happening. All of a sudden, angels appear and, you know, multi, It says a multitude of the heavenly hosts and had a message for them. And so it's kind of kind of a interesting just picture. Just picture of these shepherds. Why would God pick shepherds? You know, they were spent most of their time away from people, hung out with sheep. I believe that sometimes God did that, so it was kind of a group of people that everybody could kind of relate to. And I think we are relate to in this way. Well, if he'd go speak to shepherds, surely he would speak to me. I mean, you know, they were kind of the not the obvious ones. You know, they were they were just working people, kind of a lower class. And I believe in some ways it was God's way of relating to everybody. You know, relating to everyone. If if he would relate to them, then I'm sure he could relate to us. Because the Bible says that God so loved the world, he loved the world. He didn't didn't love a certain segment of the world. He didn't love a certain group in the world. But God so loved the world. And we need to understand that. And we we need to get that down inside of us so that when we have opportunities to share with the world, that we're willing to share wherever we have opportunity with whoever it might be. Also, it's interesting that later on, Jesus referred to himself as the good shepherd. You know, he... He said, I am the good shepherd. And so the first people that he spoke to were shepherds, and, and later on he says, well, I'm the good shepherd. He refers to us as sheep. And so, you know, it's kind of, you think about it, it's kind of neat that he came to shepherds. It's kind of neat that he came to just ordinary people. If he would come today, which he's going to come again, but if he came like this today, he would come to just ordinary people. People like you and me. And it's interesting then the shepherds, they they said, wow, what are we going to do? And they said, well, let's go see. And I, I've, I there's no indication here as to how they got there. They didn't have GPS. They couldn't, you know, punch in GPS for a manger, a room with no in, you know, an in. No, they didn't have that, so it doesn't really tell us, but Somehow they found the babe. They knew, they knew where to go. They went to Bethlehem. and They said, let's go see what the angels have made known to us. Let's go see it. You know, they said there's this babe and he's Christ the Lord. Let's go see. Let's go see. And it says when they came, it says then they saw him. And once they saw him, The next verse, it says, they made widely known the saying which was told them concerning this child. Once they went and they saw him, then they went and made known to the rest of the people what they saw. It says they also praised and glorified God. So when they saw him, they understood that this child was not just ordinary. Because they glorified and they praised God for who this child was. Whatever their understanding was, wherever, wherever they were at in their understanding, whatever however the angels spoke to them, they, they saw this child and they said, wow, he's Christ the Lord. So they praised God for all these things. And so then it says that they went, and they went and told. Remember back in the story of John the Baptist, when John the Baptist's disciples um, went to see Jesus? John the Baptist sent him, and he says, Go and see who this is, and see if he is the Messiah. And in in Luke seven twenty two, Jesus says this to those disciples. He says, "Go and tell John the things you have seen and heard. The lame, the blind see; the lame walk; the lepers are cleansed; the deaf hear; the dead are raised; the poor have the gospel preached to them." So Jesus says. Go and tell John what you've seen, what you've seen. The shepherds, once they saw the baby, they went and told others what they saw. I believe the Bible says that we can taste and see that the Lord is good. We can taste and see. You know, these scriptures show us that we can actually see something. And it shows us that once we see, then we're to do something about it. Because once you see something, you're a witness to what you saw. You know, the Bible, it says a witness is one who can give a first-hand account of what they have seen and heard. You know, if you're a witness in a trial, you go to the trial and you witness, you're a first-hand. You, first-hand, you can go and say, well, this is what I saw happen. I was right there. And so we see in these stories, the shepherds, they went and told what they had seen. Jesus told John's disciples, he says, go back and tell John what you've seen. That you've seen something. The Bible says we can taste and see that the Lord is good. So it tells me that that there's things that we can actually tangibly see concerning the Lord. He's not just the man upstairs. He's not just somebody off somewhere. He's not another God. He's not one of many gods, but he's a God who is active in our lives, and we can taste and see that he's good. We can experience him. That should raise our personal expectation of who God is and what he wants to do in our lives. We should expect him to do things, and when he does, we should acknowledge what he's done and not just say, well... I guess that worked out okay, you know. I was lucky on that one. Wow, that was, that was you know, amazing. No, we need to see the hand of God working in our lives and what He wants to do and what He's doing. We need to realize that we're to taste and see, we're to experience the grace of God firsthand. Firsthand. He wants to do things in us and through us. And so then, once he does things in us and through us in a very active way, then we can be witnesses. Then we can be witnesses to what we've seen and heard. It's hard to be a witness if you haven't seen or heard anything. If there's a trial going on and there's always trials going on, you know. If you weren't there, they don't call you and say, Hey, what do you think about this? You know, if you weren't a witness, if you weren't there, if you didn't see it, they don't call you to be a witness. But a witness is somebody who actually sees something. Sees something. What is there to see? Does God operate like he did back then, today? Does he want to move in our, in our, in our midst in our world like he moved back then? The Bible says Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He doesn't change. If that's true, then the Jesus that John's disciples saw when he was healing the sick, raising the dead, doing the things he was doing, that that same Jesus would want to do those things today so that we too can see. So that we too can see what he's doing, and once we see, then we could be witnesses to what we saw. You know, I don't think anybody had to tell the shepherds. Well, okay, now you've seen this. Now, go tell somebody about this. He didn't. They didn't. Nobody had to remind them or tell them or give them orders to do that. I have a feeling that after they saw the angels and they saw everything that happened, and then when they saw the child that they, they just wanted to tell somebody. They wanted to tell somebody what they saw. They wanted to because they had witnessed it. In Acts 1.8, Acts 18, one of Jesus' last words to his disciples, he says that you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you will be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. One of the last things Jesus said was that when the disciples would receive the power of the Holy Spirit, that they would be witnesses. They would be witnesses. They would now go witness. And as witnesses, they would go and tell what they had seen. They would go and tell what they had seen. The disciples had been with Jesus. They had saw it watched him do many things. They saw him come, die on a cross. They saw him rise from the dead. Then the disciples also saw him work through them. And now they were witnesses. Witnesses to what they had seen and heard. And they went to tell. They went to tell. The big question is, what have you seen or heard? What have you seen? You know, it's not what you know so much as what you've seen or heard. You can know all about God, but knowing about God is different than knowing God. I can know all about him. I can quote you all kinds of information. I can quote you all kinds of things. I can tell you what he said. I can quote scriptures. I can argue with you about where dinosaurs came from. I can talk all about things. But talking about him is not a witness as one who tells what they've seen and heard. This is what he's done in my life. There is a story in the Bible, and I don't, I don't have it in front of me, but it's a story of a blind man. And the blind man was healed, and there was a big, a big fuss about him, you know, and how could Jesus do that? And there was a big kind of argument going on. And I love what the blind man saw, said. He goes, I don't know if he's good or bad. I don't know. He goes, all I know is once I was blind and now I can see. What a witness. What a witness. He goes, you know, you guys are all arguing about whether he's good or bad. And you're, well, I don't know if he should have done this. Sometimes they argue if he should have healed on the Sabbath and they argue about this. The blind man had it real clear. He goes, I don't know. He goes, all I know is once I was blind and now I can see. That's a witness. That's a witness. He didn't get caught up in a lot of the things. He goes, I don't know. He looks pretty, you know. It looks pretty good to me. Once I was blind, now I can see. And he witnessed to what God had done. So I believe for us to be witnesses, we have to see or hear something. He has to, he has to be real to us. And he reveals himself in different ways to different people, but he makes himself real to us. You know, Um, none of us, I don't, none of us are blind. I don't think anybody's legally blind. I don't think any of us are blind that I know of. Some of us have a little trouble seeing, so. But, you know, none of us can claim to that, well, you know, I'm a witness because I was blind, but now I can see. And so the rest of us go, well, I don't have nothing to say because, boy, I don't have nothing that big in my life. Well, it doesn't have to be something like that exactly. You know, sometimes it can be, well, you know, I used to be like this and now I'm, I'm different. It can be, you know, I see God working in my life. I see what he has done. I see how he's changed things. I can tell you about that. I can tell you how maybe he's healed me from something else. But, you know, he, he won't do those things unless we taste and see. We have to be willing to let him work. We have to be willing to have an expectation that God wants to do those things now for us. For us. And we have to be willing to allow him to work. He has to be real to me. I have to put my trust in him. I have to trust him. And I believe that sometimes it's very hard for us in our society because we don't have to trust very much sometimes. You know, we kind of got things pretty good. You know, we don't have to basically pray for our daily bread. There are people who do. But, you know, we don't have to pray for our daily bread. We just go to the cupboard and we get out a loaf of bread. So, you know, praying for food is not, is not a, a big deal for most of us. You know, um, you know, if we're sick, we go to the doctor. And I'm not saying we shouldn't. But I would say that we ought to expect God to work. And we ought to trust Him, even going to a doctor. Sometimes we ought to trust Him because we go to the doctor. You know, that's a man working and you ever get in a really tight spot i've seen people in really tight spots and the doctor comes in and says um i just want you to know i'll do everything i can but this is completely out of my hands i can't heal you you know that's that 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 kind of brings reality to the whole situation real quick that sometimes you know we expect well you know for some people that's like what do you mean you can't heal me What do you mean? I'm paying you big bucks. I'm, you know, we're spending a lot of money. What do you mean you can't, you know, if your hope is only in him, when he says those words to you, that's pretty unsettling. And I think for the Christian, I think for the Christian, we need to always see that Jesus is our healer, no matter how he does it, no matter who he works through. And we need to acknowledge that and trust him. We need to trust Him. We need to expect Him to work. And we need to give Him the praise when He does. We need to give Him the praise. We need to taste and see that the Lord is good. We need to experience Him. And then we need to be willing to share it. We need to be willing to share it. We need to be willing to tell somebody. We need to be a witness. The best witness is is one that tells what they've tasted and seen. It's hard to argue with that. I can argue about theology. I can argue about a lot of things. But it's like that blind man. When he says, you know, I don't know if he's good or bad. All I know is once I was blind, now I can see. What do you say to a guy? What do you say? Well, that's too bad. Well, sorry, you know. What do you say to him? How do you argue? How do you argue with once I was blind, but now I see? Your testimony, what God has done for you, is always hard to argue against. Now, they may not believe you. That's one thing. But it's hard to argue against because this is what I've seen. This is what I know. And when you, when you know it and you've seen it, people can say whatever they want. You go, you can say whatever you want, but I know. I know what I I know what happened. And I believe those are the testimonies that will change people's lives. Those are the things that God can use to be, bring people into his kingdom when we're willing to be witnesses for him. And it doesn't have to be great big things. It can be very simple things. Simple things that God does every day. You know, sometimes we'll see him protect us when we're driving. You know, when we see God's hand protect us, vehicles go different ways and we get through something. And we need to share that. We need to say, you know what? This is what just happened to me. God protected me. We need to acknowledge Him, give Him, give him the praise for what He's done. Like I said, they went glorifying and praising God for what they had seen, you know, they gave Him the glory. And that's what we, as his children need to. We need to give him the glory. We need to share what He's done in our lives. That's, that's what touches people's hearts. That's what touches people's hearts. When you're going through a hard time and you say, "This is what the Lord has done for me. This is how the Lord has gotten me through this. This is what I've experienced. And if we haven't experienced any of those things, if we, haven't, if we have nothing to share, then I believe we need to seek him and allow him to work in our lives and acknowledge him and have things to share because he wants to come and be with us. And not just to kind of hang out on the peripheral, you know, like God is with us. He's just right on the edges. So if I ever need him, I can holler and he's not too far away. no. He wants to come and be with us. He wants to dwell within us. So that each and every day, we can turn to Him. We can trust Him for the day. We can watch Him work in our lives. We can watch Him change things. We can expect Him to move. Our expectation is that I don't have to do everything, figure everything out. I can trust Him and let Him work. That he's, he's God with us, Emmanuel. Just like he was at Christmas when he was born. You know, you think about the impact a baby can have. That doesn't even make sense. Does not even make sense. You know, why, why would a baby be able to impact shepherds, kings, people? Why, why would a baby be able to do that? only because he's the king of kings and the lord of lords that's the only way that's the only way you have a baby you lay him down you bring him home you know everybody goes "Ooh, ah you know but he doesn't change lives he doesn't impact you know nobody leaves your house and goes out and says wow let me tell you what i just saw you know those those shepherds and those people they knew who jesus was i always find that very interesting they knew who he was. Mary kind of, you know, the Bible says she kept these things, pondered them in her heart. She kind of wondered. But, you know, they went out and shared. They were excited. They, they had people they wanted to tell. Interesting. Interesting. Shepherds, the angels, probably had something to do with it. You know, after they saw a multitude of angels, that probably got their attention. You know, sometimes God has to do that. Did you know that? Sometimes God has to get our attention Because we're kind of, well, we get sidetracked. We aren't paying attention like we should sometimes. We aren't expecting him. Sometimes he has to get our attention. But we need to realize that he is with us, that we can experience him. We can taste and see that the Lord is good. And we can then be witnesses. We can share wherever we have opportunity, wherever a door might open. Let me say this about doors opening. Let God open a door for you. Let him open it. Say, Lord, open a door for me so I could share with somebody what you've done in my life. And then be open. Watch. Watch for a door. Watch for somebody that says, well, I'm having a hard time with this or that or something. You go, hey, let me, let me tell you what, what I've experienced, what I've tasted and seen. Let me, let me just tell you. You know, let me just share with you a little bit about what God's done for me. I don't think it should be real difficult, I don't think we should make it difficult. I think it should be very natural. Naturally supernatural. God working in us to share with people around us so that the whole world might know. The whole world might know that God is with us. And how's the world going to know unless we tell them? How's the world going to know unless we tell them? You know, as a church, we're going to, I'm really praying, praying, Lord, show us ways that we can help facilitate that to happen if there are ways. What are things that we can do on purpose, on purpose, to facilitate reaching the world around us? What kind of things can we do? What can we do to reach the world? What can we do that the world says, wow, they're different? What can we do? That's my prayer. I don't have any answers, so don't, you know, don't ask me the question back because I don't have answers yet. But just, just pray about that. Lord, what can we do? What can we do? What can we do so that the world might know? What can we do that we're not doing? I'm not saying we're not doing anything. I think we're doing things that, we're, that the world might know. But what could we do more that the world might know that would actually make a difference, that people could taste and see that the Lord is good, Pray that for yourself and for us as a church. Let's all stand. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for this time of year when we can remember your coming to this earth. But Lord, in reality, if we just remember that and we go on in January as though nothing happened, we've probably missed everything. So, Lord, help us to have that realization that you are God with us all the time. Not just this time of year, but you're with us all the time. And, Lord, help us to to taste and see that you're good. Help us to allow you to be God with us, Emmanuel. And then, Lord, help us to be witnesses. Help us to tell others what we've seen and heard. Help us let the world know. Let the world know. Lord, just just encourage us. Lord, just uh, speak to our hearts. Lord, we thank you for your love for each of us. Lord, I pray if there's anyone here this morning that needs prayer, Lord, that you would encourage them if they want someone to pray with them, that they would come up and let Jim and Rose pray with them this morning, or Tom. Lord, we just ask you to just minister to our hearts or pray with one another. Lord, that we might bear one another's burdens. Lord, we thank you for being with us. Lord, we ask your blessing on us now as we, as we go, and, and uh, we pray you be with the children as they practice. Lord, we just thank you for that. Keep us all safe. In Jesus' name we pray. And all of God's people said, Amen.